Ladies and gentlemen, here we are again, back with another Drake's Corner Sports Podcast, baby. And we are a day late, which I apologize for, but it took a second for me to, you know, somewhat get my ducks in a row for this jam-packed episode. We are in the midst of uh, pretty much the NFL season. Uh, NBA is getting rolling. There's some drama there I'd like to talk about. Um, I got another Fab Five betting odds to look at here. Today in the main event of the show, NFL Power Rankings, we're gonna jump right in. Um, so there's been a kind of a there's been kind of a debate among the NFL uh, between turf fields and grass fields, okay? And it's surprising to me because turf fields were the holy grail to play on back in high school, okay? When you got to play on a turf field, that was like, okay, this is special, this is cool. Um, it probably won't happen again for us who aren't, you know certified college athletes such as myself you know I peaked I peaked but you know I wasn't I wasn't there per se but you know to be on a turf field it was somewhat of a pleasure you know you don't get to do it often and from experience turf fields were you know you feel lighter um there's less you know less stuff in your way to you know you get to run you know freely a, a bit more and that's what I felt like playing on a turf field uh back in the day but it seems like the consensus among the NFL right now between players, between star players, and, you know, it's become a debate between owners and players is that they want grass fields rather than turf fields. And it hasn't become a problem prior. I don't know if it was a voice opinion before that uh, grass fields were wanted among players, uh, but it all boils down to injuries and non-contact injuries. Um, you know, incidents of ACL tears, for example, are higher while concussions are way down since 2015 um i think the safety measures that's being you know amplified around the nfl for concussions uh, are a reason for the you know pipe down in concussions but it's still an issue uh, but the incidence of acl tears for example non-contact injury they're way up since 2015 it seems like the number is jumping up each year if you go take a look at the data um a quote from Aaron Rodgers, he said, he, he said, it's time to go to all grass throughout the league. I think you would see less of these non-contact injuries that we see on some of the surfaces, and I think that it'd be a good step in the right direction towards player safety to make the requirement for every field to be grass. Um, I guess these turf fields kind of, you know, there's less cushion. Um, you know, I, I don't understand the whole logistics behind it, but um, turf fields never have seemed to be a problem in the past and you know if in high school it was just like a pleasure to play on and it's surprising to see um you know players wanting this all grass thing it kind of seems like backyard football when you think of a grass field but um I guess yeah with the in I, I don't know if turf fields and you know in total explain ACL tears being up or you know non-contact injuries being up for example but it's surprising to see you know it's it turf fields have always been um, wanted throughout the league, and sorry, my cat's getting in the way, and it's like, I, I've never, you know, turf fields have just been such a, uh, high, high on the list thing as a, as a high school sports athlete, and, you know, the, all, the all grass, it's just surprising to me, um, yeah, would you guys like to see all grass fields, the NFL, I think turf is just kind of like a, it's kind of like a sh put for show thing, um, obviously turf looks better, um, all grass, you know, it just, it doesn't look as, uh, um, how do I say museum-esque per se, museum-esque, like, um, touristy, 
I'd, I'd say turf is more touristy and you know these non-contact injuries I guess it explains it they're just they keep going up since 2015 and um, I guess these players want all grass interesting it's very interesting to say the least uh, just from how I've looked at turf uh, every person's um, perspective of turf if you're not a professional athlete per se and yeah crazy stuff anyway my next segment NFL my top three MVP candidates we're going to start off with number three the lowest um to attack of Iloa number three surprising to see I don't know if it's insanely surprising considering the receiving core that he's got with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell um you know to a seven and oh as a starter he's playing out of his mind uh there's a little um you know, worry about his concussion early on, but he seems fine. He's playing great. Um, the Dolphins look like an offensive powerhouse heading into, you know, the latter part of the regular season. And Tua's 7-0 and as a starter. I think that proves his value a lot. And, you know, I don't think he's fully proven yet. Um, you know, anybody with those two receivers, Waddle and Tyreek Hill, I'd hope they succeed. Um, but Tua, undefeated as a starter, um, playing a full, you know, 60 minutes of football it's uh yeah that's that's a very impressive especially in that division with you know a defensive heavy uh patriots jets are playing well and you know obviously the bills it's one of the top teams in the afc uh number two i got patrick mahomes here he's dwindling between one and two but i got him at number two right now um you know playing great without tyree kill i think that you know just proves his value even more and when I talk about when we talk about NFL MVP, I always think value. If you take this player off this team, where are they? And you know, I think um, Mahomes is obviously the most talented quarterback in the NFL. The record is proving it. Um, he's he basically doesn't have a running back right now in the slightest, and he's making plays on his legs. Um, they're they're at a point where their offense there's little room for improvement. Now almost everything is perfect. The Titans made a great push against them, but. He still found a way to push through, take down one of the top heavy defenses in the league. And, you know, the Chiefs right now are rolling, and they're probably the favorites right now in the AFC. Number one, I got Jalen Hurts. If you take a look last year at the Eagles record, uh, you can tell they were in the rebuilding stage, but they snuck into the playoffs. They, they didn't really have a chance against the Buccaneers. But if you look at Jalen Hurts all around as a player, um, he made – there's – he barely did makes mistakes at this point. He's led him to an eight and one record. Uh, they they were due for a loss here eventually, but uh, we'll get into that later. But Jalen Hurts right now is my number one for MVP. Um, you know, take him off the Eagles. I it's it's a weird concept because his rushing is insane. Uh, he's got a few a decent amount of rushing touchdowns on the season, and you know, just eight and one. I think the record just pushes him to that number one spot for me at least. Um, I like him there a lot. I think he was a dark horse MVP candidate before the season started. And, you know, here he is playing amazing on, you know, one of the most balanced teams in the league. They picked up A.J. Brown, and I think that helped him out a lot uh, heading into this season. And we are going to jump over to the NBA. Kevin Durant is in the midst of drama once again. He he uh, reamplifies his trade request. Um, kind of stating, you know, how am I supposed to win with these guys? And first thing that came up to question in my mind, okay, has Kevin Durant in his long longevity, you know, illustrious career, has, has he ever, you know, been the, the leader of a team? Like, like, think of it, Thunder. If you ask any Thunder fan, I think when Westbrook and Kevin Durant were on the same squad, 
they would agree that Russell Westbrook was the heart and soul of OKC. I think he was the vocal locker room leader. He was the the preface of toughness that they brought to the table. Um, and I think Russell Westbrook, through the time that Kevin Durant, when that dynamic duo was together, I think Russell Westbrook was the you know proprietor of toughness, heart, soul that brought to the city of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City per se. And I think that you know that's what when they looked at what brought them to the finals against the Heat, um, you know, almost taking down the Warriors. I think Russell Westbrook was the heart and soul of that. Uh, you jump to the Warriors. Obviously, that's Stephen Curry's team. That's Stephen Curry's franchise. We all know it. Uh, jumping over to the Nets, who do you have? You got Kyrie. Um, obviously, has leadership struggles. Uh, couldn't do it with the Celtics, really. Um, wanted out of the Cavs for that reason. He couldn't do it on the Celtics. He hasn't done it since. James Harden clearly didn't work out in the slightest. Um, ben Simmons, yeah, we know definitely not a leader. Um, and now Kevin Durant is kind of freaking out without all of those stars that he's once had and he's he's basically calling out the starting lineup and say you expect me to win with these guys and it's crazy because you don't see that from guys like LeBron LeBron just does it he did it before uh we can talk about the Lakers and how bad they are but when LeBron was in his you know 32 33 uh he was leading Cavalier teams who had no chance into the playoffs and now I think Kevin Durant's leadership skills are in question he kind of he kind of spoke on the subject of his trade request and said, hey, this is why I did it. Uh, the blame comes to me because of how bad we're doing. And then he proceeds to name players on his starting lineup. Um, I think that affects his legacy a lot. And I think that's why, you know, Bron's ahead of him on most all-time lists. Um, Kevin Durant, obviously one of the greatest one-on-one -on -one scorers of all time. But, you know, the leadership skills have come in question, and I just think throughout his career, we've never seen a top leadership quality from Durant, and, you know, it shows here. It shows when he's put in a group with not the best talent, and I think, you know, throughout his career, he's obviously had someone else with him, uh, A, in the Thunder, you know, being Westbrook and Harden. Uh, obviously, this, when he went to the Warriors, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, the greatest on-paper team of all time, and now with the Nets, he failed to do it with Kyrie and James Harden. And now he's left without James Harden. He's got Ben Simmons, who's obviously taken a step down, and Kyrie, who's suspended. So he's stuck right now. And I don't think he's ever been stuck like this before. And it, it just brings his integrity into question and, you know, kind of affects what I perceive him as one of the best players of all time into, you know, not one of the best leaders of all time. So, uh, yeah, it kind of brings that, you know, where your leadership and talent kind of coincide together what makes you a great player um and Kevin Durant you know kind of falling apart here with Brooklyn and I think you know he's got the Sixers wanting to make a trade for him and you know it's it's his leadership skills it just comes down to that period and it's showing right here with you know under with his underwhelming lineup he has to work around anyway we're gonna jump to the fab five uh the uh we got two uh, odd bets, two spread bet or two spread bets, two money line bets, and one over under. Here we go. I get the Bears plus three underdog against the Falcons. I think the Bears are going to take that game. Uh, their offense has been, you know, incredible over the last three weeks, and uh, the Falcons aren't an aren't a, an offense I'd worry about too much. Uh, based off, um, you know points per game the Bears defense is obviously terrible but I think the Bears can simply outscore the Falcons uh Broncos I got 
favored two and a half. Money line Ravens, money line Bills, and Pacers Hornets on Wednesday night, uh, over two hundred or under two hundred thirty one and a half. So those are my Fab Five bets. Throw some money down on that sucker if you'd like to. Anyway, main event of the show: NFL Power Rankings, baby. Let's get it. Uh, number ten, I got the Jets. Here we go. They'll stay at number 10 here. Coming off a of bye week in, you know, defeating Buffalo, you know, fresh off the bye week, their defense has grown up so fast. And I think the main proprietor of that is Quinn and Williams, you know, in the pass rush. And their offense plays very conservatively, almost like, you know, a younger Titan squad, you know, without a Derrick Henry, obviously. But um, their defense has grown up fast. And, you know, the time of possession was winning them games. Uh, Robert Sala, obvious coach of the year candidate. And I like them here at 10, uh, defeating Buffalo. Their defense has grown up fast, and, you know, I like them here. They're in a tough division, and they're making, you know, kind of a wild card push. Uh, number nine, Titans. I am absolutely obsessed with their defensive play. Uh, I think, you know, watching Kansas City struggle against them was kind of, you know, a fresh breath of air that Kansas City, for one, isn't unstoppable. And, you know, two, that, you know, the defense, it makes a huge difference when it comes to AFC play. Uh, this will be a huge factor in the playoffs. Their defensive play, like I said, was is a glimpse at how far this team can go. Uh, we just kind of saw a glimpse of that in 2019 when, um, you know, they kind of had their playoff push into the AFC title game. And, you know, I think it's back with their, you know, built-around defense, Derrick Henry running the ball 30 times a game. When you can go through a game and not convert a third down in the second half and you're still going to overtime like they did against Kansas City, I think that shows how far the potential that they have. And they're, you know, a strong team heading into the AFC playoffs. Uh, number eight, I got the Cowboys. You know, I wouldn't stress too much about this one, uh, you know, as a Dallas fan. Uh, they're top five when it comes to team balance, in my opinion. Their pass rush is insane, and they have great offensive potential. Um, you know, I could see this trap game coming from a mile away. Aaron Rodgers, you know, rivalry game, prime time. And unfortunately, Christian Watson, wide receiver, sprouted at just the wrong time for Dallas. Uh, I think, you know, probably eight times out of ten Dallas wins this game. But, you know, it was a trap game. Uh, but they're very balanced, and I wouldn't stress too much. They just got to uh, third down conversions are bad. Uh, but that's something that can easily be fixed. Anyway, number seven, I got the Ravens, you know, after the bye week the Ravens are, you know, middle of the pack. Now, when it comes to the AFC play, uh, they've evolved their rushing attack, um, due to injuries, Rashad Bateman out, Mark Andrews been out and defense has, you know, they've taken a big step up after allowing, you know, a few big plays earlier on in the season. Um, you know, to argue they should only have one loss maybe, but, um, you know, injuries are going to hurt them. That's why I got them at number seven. Uh, but, you know, come playoff time, I think Lamar Jackson can make a, uh, a big difference in the AFC. Anyway, number six, I got the Dolphins. Tua has skyrocketed as an MVP candidate and is undefeated playing through the whole game. Uh, 450 yards per game in the last three weeks. They are simply balling. What do you expect? Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Um, they're just outscoring teams. And, you know, the defense, you know, we'll say it's average, but um, their offense is incredible they're they're becoming a juggernaut and like a top tier team right now uh number five this is going to be kind of a surprise but um i got the eagles here yes the one loss drops them four spots yeah because it was a bad loss and you know for good reason they've been due for a loss but if you look at their schedule uh i need to see it's kind of like the viking scenario i need to see them take down a top heavy juggernaut and while they look like a contender coming out of the nfc they need to control the ball and time of possession they gave up four turnovers turnovers the defense 
also can't give up 32 points against a backup quarterback like Taylor Heineke. Um, they're, they're very, you know, they could definitely move right back up if they, you know, prove that they can bounce back from this. But, you know, 8 0, they were at number one for a long time, but they did not lose to the right team. Anyway, uh, that's what I'll say there. Number four, I got the Bills. Man, this could have been avoided by a long shot. Not only does this one hit the loss column, but it's a momentum killing loss, in my opinion. Uh, Josh Allen's had a turnover problem over the last few games, and it has to be addressed, uh, and they have to play four quarters of football. Um, yeah, this 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 is kind of lost right here. This one's going to sting, but if they think long-term, they'll be okay. But right now, um, they, it could have been simply avoided by a long shot. Uh, number three, 49ers here. Kind of a surprise here, but I love this team all around. The defense played Herbert, you know, kind of like a fiddle. The amount of weapons Jimmy G has is uncanny, and they are a top contender in the NFC, and dare I say, the favorite, but they'll have to get past these guys. Number two, the Vikings. Uh, this is what I've been waiting for from them. The elite juggernaut win, and they got it in the most dramatic fashion. Justin Jefferson is, you know, kind of proven he's in a tier of his own on the wide receiver scale Kirk Cousins I've seen a step up from him as well you know kind of making clutch plays um kind of you know can we trust him late game and you know this this kind of win right here is stuff that'll earn him a long-term extension and their defense made game-changing plays obviously against Josh Allen obviously the game-winning interception uh this is exactly what the Vikings needed it's a momentum booster and they'll sit at number two here number one the Chiefs uh, I just simply believe the Chiefs are in their own tier, their offensive play. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is playing at a top-tier level. Uh, you know, Andy Reid, he's almost reached the god tier of scheming offenses at this point. Uh, could use a little work on defense, but uh, they could possibly win out, in my opinion. They are they are so good. They're the favorites in the AFC, and right now, um, Super Bowl-wise, I think I got the Chiefs and 49ers rematch of 2020. Um, that is my Super Bowl prediction right now as of week 10 or week 11. So yeah, that will conclude your episode today. Thank you guys for watching. This was a, another fun one. I'm sorry for the day late, but, um, you know, it was kind of difficult writing one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm a bit of a procrastinator per se. Anyway, thank you guys for watching this Thursday edition episode and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.